This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Not every guest takes me up on the opportunity, but I like to do a segment called The Mic Swap, where I make my guest into the host, and then I become the guest. I let them take the conversation wherever they want to take it, ask me whatever they want, and uh, it's a lot of fun, I think. This is Mic Swap. Hey there, this is Ian Bauer, owner of Graphic Rhythm, and this is the Shareable Podcast. My je- my my guest today is Jeff Gibbard uh, with uh, Shareable. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Ian. I appreciate it. No problem. So um, I've got to tell you, as the owner of a design agency, I am super impressed with your website. Oh yeah, which one? Uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, well. Actually, that's a great question. The one uh, I was looking at with jeffgibber.com or yes. Superhero Institute. Okay, cool. Because I have yes. a bunch of websites all over. So, well, jeffgibber.com was the one that I was on. And cool. Thanks, man. So, one of the things that is obvious whenever you interact with, with any of your properties or interact with you anywhere, it seems like, is that you're very intentional about the user experience. So, um, I've got a couple questions about that. And the first one is, um, what role do you think user experience plays in the customer journey and, and how does it help a business? So as a, as a um, my disciplines would probably fall under brand and how that then extends into leadership, culture, marketing, and sales. And I have a long background in marketing. I did social media stuff for over a decade. And to me, when I, when I start thinking about what user experience means, when I think about marketing, sales, any of the different disciplines, I see them as a function of brand. When we're talking about business, everything comes back to brand. Your brand is how you do anything because it speaks to what it is that you're trying to accomplish, what you value, how you think about your customer, how you think about yourself and your people. So for me, the user experience is an extension of brand. And if your brand, you know, it's, it's a cliche example, but you think about Apple, right? Like, Apple's website and the user experience on their site is profoundly Apple because their brand necessitates that they have a website that feels like that, where you have the interactions, where you have the glossy photos, where you have uh, all of the things that would make that website. By contrast, when you go to, say, an Accenture, uh, or not, Accenture is probably even a bad, like IBM would probably be a, a better sort of, you have an idea in your head of what IBM would feel like when you go to their site. Uh, and um, I had a podcast guest recently, this guy, Ian Bauer, who was on Shareable, and we were talking about uh, interactive design and user experience, and things like that, and talking about what would a law firm website look like or a healthcare website. So I think of user experience as being very much a function of brand. When you say this is the type of person I am, or this is the type of organization we are, we believe in, say, simplicity, or we believe in compassion, or we believe in empathy, you're going to make different design decisions and those are going to impact the user experience. So for instance, um, you know, one of the things that's really important to me is um, uh, equity and um, uh, inclusion. And um, I think for that reason, um, one of the things that I'm dismayed about about my website is how poorly I've dealt with accessibility on my website. Like I don't have alt tags across all of my images. I don't believe my site is really well set up for people who have vision or uh, vision problems, let's say. So um, 
when I think about what my brand is, and when I think about my, what my website is, what I see is a glaring error there in terms of what I want it to be versus what it is. Now, granted, there's a whole legal side to accessibility, et cetera. But anyway, long story short, I think um, your brand is sort of what guides the user experience. And I think a lot of companies think about cool user experiences before they think about what their brand is. Yeah. And so that's interesting. And, you know, and I want to point out, though, that this idea of user experience is not always just about the way something looks or the way something scrolls or something like that. Um, and my first interaction with you was actually going through this experience of booking uh, a time slot on, on your show. And to me, it was so well thought out that I actually went back through the process and I screened, I took screenshots of everything to send to my marketing person. And um, there's this saying that you may be familiar with in the restaurant business, which is that uh, if you want to get an idea of how clean a restaurant is, look at how they take care of their bathrooms because they let you see the bathroom, right? Yep. And so um, to me, the, 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 you know, that experience of booking with you, it could have been anything, it could have been whatever, you know, but to me, it was like seeing your bathroom. And then, uh, like, to me, I have an idea in my head of what the back end of your business is like, that it's also probably fairly well considered. Am I right? Or no, you're spot on. And it actually, I think, really doubles down and amplifies my point about brand. I part of my brand is simplicity. I like things to be easy. I like them to be simple, make something no more complex than it needs to be. Another thing is I'm about um, empathy and compassion as just general traits as a person. And I think to myself, you're being onboarded to come onto a show. You might be nervous. You might not go on a lot of shows. You might be worried that you're going to go on there and they're not going to ask you the questions that they need, or they're going to introduce you wrong or say your name wrong or any of those things. So I tried to think through if I was a guest on my show, what are the things that I would be concerned about? So I try to empathize with the people who have come on my show. I try to listen when people tell me, uh, you know, when we're going back and forth and they have trouble scheduling or we go back and forth and, you know, maybe I messed up something on their show notes, whatever it is. So I go back and I edit and I work through that process because I want it to be efficient and I want it to be simple, but I also want it to be considerate of the people that are coming onto the show so that they have a good experience of coming onto my show so that they actually arrive feeling taken care of, right? Like if you're going to come on and sit with me for 45 minutes, an hour, and let me pick at you and prod at you and ask you whatever questions I want, I need you to feel like I, I honored this, the time that you're putting into to making your way onto my show and that I'm giving you a warm reception to come on to it. Do you know you're going to be introduced, right? Do you know that I'm going to have all of the links you want in the show notes? So I think about all of those things because I put myself in the shoes of the guest and I built the user experience for that, trying to empathize with what I would want to go through myself. That's a very um, generosity-centered uh, viewpoint. It's, it really, um, to me, it, it just feels like that if you start out with this idea of I'm doing this for somebody else and not just as a utility that the organic result of that is the kind of experience that, you know, you can have on your website. So um, when, if you were to share just a couple of tips to somebody who's just starting out and is just building their business, but they want to make sure that there is a good user experience for the people that are interacting with their brand, what would you say are one or two things that they could do to upgrade that experience pretty quickly? Um. 
I mean, the more you can talk to people and get feedback, pointed feedback from people that you trust, that you're asking specific questions to get certain types of feedback, I think that's important. When I think about the way that I've gone about designing any experience is I try to think about the story and the emotional response that I want. So I guess the best way that I could that I could liken it to something is I spend a tremendous amount of time when I write emails for a various number of different types of emails, right? So if I'm emailing a client, let's say, and something good has happened, or I'm emailing a client, something bad has happened. I spend a tremendous amount of time writing that email, reviewing that email, rewriting that email before I send it. Because what I'm trying to do is read it through their eyes. I'm trying to think, how could they misinterpret what I'm saying here? How could they get offended at what I'm saying here? How could the order of the way that I'm telling this story and saying these things make them feel that I wasn't paying attention to the thing that's important to them or whatever it is, right? So I'm spending an inordinate amount of time in those communications trying to reduce the likelihood of miscommunication and uh, increase the likelihood that I get the exact emotional response that I want from that interaction. And when I build anything, whether it's a a PDF, like a, a lead magnet on my website, whether it's the website copy, whether it's the size of the button and what it's saying, I'm trying to think through how could this go wrong? Could my mom use this, right? Like my, my mother passed away uh, last year or two years ago, but that for forever, that was my benchmark. My mom was not good with technology. She would like, I would try and troubleshoot her through things. I'm like, mom, look at the top right. And I could see her in the video, just looking in every direction. So I tried to think, how can I make this so simple, so clear, remove any ambiguity, any chance for miscommunication? And, and really do it for this person so that we can come together so that they can accomplish what they're looking for and I can accomplish what I'm looking for. So I do that by remembering what I'm trying to accomplish, but then looking through their eyes throughout the whole process. So I would say the best place to start is get a sense of what you want people to feel and then try and walk through their shoes throughout the entire process over and over and over until you feel confident that you're going to produce that emotional response. That's awesome. It's a very... A uh, very intentional approach, um, and it, it's interesting because that, that's a lesson that we've learned in our business. And um, you, you were saying about emails and and how you take time to write the emails and consider you know the the way it's going to be read and interpreted. And um, I often are jumping into like the customer service stuff, and I found myself getting like emotionally frazzled dealing with like particularly like bad customer uh kind of interactions or complaints or something like that and i would have a tendency to like just write them off you know and just write something short and quippy or or push blame back onto them and i when i when i became conscious of that that i was doing that uh i made a a rule blanket rule that um you know, if you're going to respond to anything that has negative feedback or anything like that, you couldn't write it in an email. You had to record yourself on a video and send it to the customer. And by doing that, you know that now this is going to be a human face and it's going to have a, a much different impact and it changes everything. You, you completely shift the way you feel about it and you revert to a feeling of generosity and I want to help this person. And this is not my enemy across the table from me, but this is somebody who needs my help, you know? And so 
that so I guess the point of, of, of saying that is is it's really powerful to have this gener generous intentional kind of approach. Yeah. So uh, real quick, just one last point on that is that as you were saying that I was thinking through like, what does my process look like? And I love the video tip. I think that's such a good idea because it's so much more difficult to be the way you would be as a keyboard warrior when you actually have to, you know, put inflection in your voice as opposed to like writing something sarcastic when you have to be like, oh, sure, that's a really good idea. And you're doing that on video. You're like, wow, I'm being such a jerk right now. Um, but the, the process that I go through, and it's funny because you said something that, that triggered this for me is um, you said, I'm, this is not an enemy sitting across from me, right? Or sitting on the other side of the table. I have a book that's coming out in January called The Lovable Leader. And one of the key ideas in it is what I call sitting on the same side of the table. So you're sitting on the same side of the table, meaning this is not somebody who's across from you. That's somebody that's on your same side and you're looking in the same direction with the same goals. And if you were sitting on the same side of the table with someone, you'd be much more cozy with them, right? So I have a whole process that I go through where I start by trying to understand their goals and then I listen and then I try to validate what it is that they're going through. I try to align what their goals are with mine. And then I try to give some sort of an action and lock it in so that we all are on the same page. And I do this kind of unconsciously along with several other frameworks that I use when I have these emails where I try really, really hard to make sure that I'm not firing off with an emotional response, but instead I'm trying to claim and own that moral high ground by being on their side and working with them. So if anybody's going to be a jerk, it's not going to be me. Yeah. And that reminds me of um, one of the first jobs that I ever had was working for a bit, an entrepreneur named Danny Meyer. I'm not sure. Have you heard of Danny? Yeah. Okay, Wait, did you so work? Is that where you worked in, uh, in uh, New York? It, it was yep. it, It's Balud, right? And, uh, not Balud. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, Danny Myers. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Daniel Balud. And then Danny Myers was, is that Union Square Cafe or Gramercy? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Union Square Hospitality Group. Awesome. And so he has this awesome model of hospitality, which has just informed me my entire life. Every single thing I've done, I always think back to like my first days at the Union Square Hospitality Group. And back then, there was only five restaurants. Now he's got like, thousands an empire yeah right yeah but he he made a point of meeting with every single employee that was hired into his company which in and of itself was awesome but one of the things that i took away that always like resonates with me <clears throat> is when is you know he has this whole whole thing about how you know generosity is at the core of his business um and pointedly though he said even if we have to let you go or something like that. We want this to be an experience for you. We want to be on your side in that process. Even though it's not working out with us, we want to see you into your next thing as a partner, not as, you know, uh, you know, somebody who's working against your best interests. And so that has always just resonated with me and his whole business model. He's got a great book too, Setting the Table. Uh, that I absolutely love. Yeah. I'll put that yeah. on my list. In my book, I put a thing that basically says, if you care about someone as you hire them, then you should care about them as you fire them. Like right. you have to be able to take care with them on both sides of it. There's, there's, there's no place for creating harm in, in my philosophy of it. So, yeah. So, I mean, as it, as all that ties back to user experience and, and kind of your initial question of designing it is you really just got to try and think about being generous and kind and, and empathetic in how you design these experiences and it's sort of the same thing as not being flippant in writing an email and just sending it off. Don't just design things by building it and sending it off. Like really think through, like, 
what, you know, take a minute, think like, what could the possible negative ramifications of it be? What about that button? Is that clear? Could somebody come here and say, oh, I don't get it. You know? So I, I think about those things a lot. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Jeff, this has been absolutely amazing. I've really, really enjoyed uh, picking your brain about user experience and kind of like this empathetic, uh, intentional, you know, model you have. So hopefully everybody listening has enjoyed this as well and would agree that this is very shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy shareable, and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, Shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you can support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.